0: He was blue, and he was blue like him. Blue. He was Is that the actual lyrics? Blue. No. <laughs> Everything was blue
1: like he was blue. Like Smurfs? Yeah, it was Smurfs. I saw surf. a really mean prank today. In on person? Reddit. Oh, okay. On Reddit. <laughs> you just saw it in the street. These two guys texted their friend, and I guess they're going to go to like a darts tournament, and they said, hey, we're going to dress up like Smurfs. And then they didn't dress up like Smurfs. So they pick up their friend, just totally dressed up as Smurfette, like decked out. And at first the dude is like victory pose, his arms are up, and then he sees they're not dressed up, and just the saddest face comes over him. Uh, I felt for him, man. He shouldn't be their friend. I know, right? They're dead now. Maybe that's I'm what happened. Dead to me.
0: Smurfette murdered him. Well, I have to then.
1: wonder: is is that funny or is that
0: just really mean? It's, it's both. It's funny as a third-person like story. Yes. yeah. But
1: it's funny to hear about, but it probably wasn't funny for that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I have an update to um, Streaming Card Gate. I'm going to call it that. Yeah? It's real catchy. It rolls as, right off the tongue. I know, right? As our listeners probably know, I have to constantly get up about half an hour into every podcast and then reset the camera because we're using a stupid Canon camera. They can only record for 29 minutes and 59 seconds because of European oh, tax laws.
0: Oh, tariffs and things.
1: Oh, tariffs. Yeah, thanks, Europeans. I, can't, yeah. I don't think I can <laughs> blame all Europeans for that. Thanks, probably like eight European lawmakers. Yeah. Or possibly the camera companies well, well, themselves. Really, whatever
0: that thing that broke is the, is the
1: problem. Okay, so what I figured out, I thought that the capture card that we used to stream our little streaming camera to the computer was broken. Turns out that um why is my i thought i turned my ipad to go into do not disturb and then mm. it says nah i'm just gonna be all uh oh wait not that's disturb. weird
0: it does look like it's on do not disturb
1: maybe anna can bypass my do not disturb potentially i don't know i need to go I look i thought into, that only
0: worked with calls i did too i don't know the world's don't know, changing man.
1: apple needs to get their stuff together needs to up their game You just bought an iPad Pro. I think they've upped it well enough. (laughs) It's probably true. (laughs) Anyway, what I found out is the streaming card doesn't work on USB 3.0 ports, but it does work on USB 2.0 ports. And this wasn't a problem back when I was running Windows 8, but now that we're on Windows 10, it is a problem, and I don't know what to do because USB 2.0 is too slow for uh, streaming just doesn't work. Uh, Drivers are dumb. Our cameras are too good. Um, Ooh, there there we go. Your next job is to write a custom Windows driver. (laughs) I don't know if that's necessary. For controlling a streaming video card. I think it's fine. It's probably fine. Also, I
0: don't think I'm qualified to write a driver. I have
1: no idea how to do that. Also, for the particularly sentimental among our audience, uh, I will preemptively pour a 40 out for the previous teapot. It's not actually dead. Oh, it's just not. Oh here. yeah, yeah. not some wasn't people like leaking or something? It's not leaking. It's just small. So, I think like we can each get one cup of tea out of it during the recording. But then I think only one of us can have like a full cup for a second time. No, it's a fight. Or we can yeah, or we can fight. We could have like a, some fisticuffs on the podcast. Right on the podcast. Or I guess we could maybe do the logical thing and do halvesies. But I did That's the dumb. extra logical thing and I just got a bigger teapot. Eventually, I'm just going to have, like, a
0: gallon. Well, when you just have, like, 15,000 teapots. <laughs> we only have three. Lying around. Teapots, for I na- think. For now. For now, yeah. It's like
1: uh, it's like uh, computer monitors. You buy a second one, you're going to start buying a third one, fourth one. Is that true? That's what people told me on the internet. And people don't lie on the internet. So I've never done that. Eventually, it's going to happen, right? I've never needed more than two. I wanted three, but what I decided to do is just... Go to two four K monitors.
0: You could which... also just simplify your workflow. Not need eight gallons of screen mm, space. No, you know.
1: Okay, I am trying to simplify my, my workflow. Well, I mean, compared and... to
0: three or four monitors, because you just showed me it working on two the other day. Oh, and, I did. And that. It's just fine. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I am saying, like, why would you? Why would you be like? I absolutely need fifteen thousand screens. I don't need fifteen thousand. But let me put it this way: um,
1: because I work in After Effects. I have a lot of little panels and docks that I need to work with, and on a smaller monitor, you have to hide them, which means every time I want to go use an effect, I need to go find the window, bring it up, and then drag the effect. And a really good example is I have a plugin that does little in animations, and then I have the reverse of that plugin that does little out transitions, and I had no room to have both of those on screen at once. So every time I wanted to do an in and an out for like a picture flying in, I would have to bring one to the four and then bring the other one to the four afterwards well that, that just, just means
0: you need a bigger monitor like a yes, second unless you're going to break it across monitors it
1: exactly so that's what i ended up doing is instead yeah. of getting three monitors i got two 4k monitors and i'm, I'm have them scaled to 1.5 times because 4k resolution at native resolution is like impossible to read uh but i think that ends up being like 1440p equivalent resolution And that is perfectly fine for getting all my After Effects tools on one page. Uh, And the other thing I did recently, and maybe we can do an episode on this. I don't know. We should probably do an episode and just like, well, we did the automation episode. That's true. We'll do another automation episode in the future. Um, But I got this thing called the Stream Deck from Elgato. And it's just this little device that sits on your desk and it has 15 buttons. And every button is a screen. And you can program every button to do basically anything you want. Now, in the Elgato software, it's kind of built for streamers, like Twitch gamers and stuff. So most of the built-in integrations they have are just for like Twitch or YouTube or OBS or tweeting, hey, I'm streaming. But there is two commands. There's launch and there's hotkey. And those two combined with a program called auto hotkey let you do basically anything. Like I think the limitation is, is
0: just my ability to code at this point. Fair. Yeah, so yeah, I'm pretty we'll, excited. We'll do, we can do another episode, and it's going to be called How Tom Copes with His Tendency to Complicate His Life. Uh, I'm simplifying my
1: life through complication. You complicate it first,
0: <laughs> and then you attempt to simplify it and rein it in. <laughs>
1: Look, I want to have cool animations in my videos. I I'm not saying simplify. it's bad. I'm just saying. I could simplify by recording every video on an iPhone with me just sitting in one position. You'd get as many never views. Never doing a cut. Don't don't no, I wouldn't. It. I wouldn't. I guarantee you I wouldn't. Other people put in way less effort. Yeah, but I wouldn't get as many views. I, I honestly don't think I would. I think that we've built an audience because we do. We just cool go, we wait until and we we stuff. switch
0: to the audience that doesn't care. Okay,
1: I would be very yeah. apathetic about my work if I were to do that. Oh, well, I'm not saying it's a good idea.
0: That's true. I I'm like, just saying it would feasibly still work.
1: Also, we we have an example of me sitting here talking and never doing any B-roll or cuts, and it's this. And it turns out that's true. Fewer people listen to the podcast. Well, this is the YouTube same videos. channel, you know, and it's, it's like
0: hour long things. So that's pretty intimidating.
1: That is true. Yeah. I don't know. There is a guy on YouTube who does exactly what you just described, though. He has a personal development channel. Um, his name's Leo. I think it's actualized.org. And he's gotten hmm. really into the weeds lately. Like when I found him, it was very grounded personal development stuff, like how to, you know, take care of your finances or how to be productive. And now it's like, I took this experimental psychoactive drug and here's my trip report or I don't know, like weird stuff or like I'm doing a transcendental meditation seminar or retreat where I go into the forest and and meditate for like six days straight. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not really for me. It does seem less direct. Yeah. But his channel was way bigger than mine when I started out. And he just has like 45 minute videos where it's all one take in front of the camera, just him talking to the camera. He never cuts. He never redoes a line. He just talks.
0: Yeah, see, what I'm trying to say is your problem is you care too much. I probably do. You're artistic. If you just don't care and you make everything into an assembly line process and you take all the soul out of it, it could be easier. You might save yourself a few minutes. Soul removal project. It's a great idea. I could
1: save 30 seconds by compromising Uh, my soul. Why not? (laughs) It's called efficiency. It is, yeah. Speaking of efficiency, maybe we should get to the topic that I planned for the <laughs> We're day. never efficient at that. That's true. We are never efficient about that, but that's fine. That's that's what a podcast is for, right? Yeah. That's why we are efficient on the videos. Um, so I, on the fly, changed the title of the podcast, but it's basically the oh, same. Oh, I had no idea. So yeah. what's the new title? <laughs> so the new title is 14 Ways to Spend Your Time probably, in College. Probably and probably now that Ashley. I've said the number, well, I mean, I don't think the Oh, art, wait, actually, you're right. That's still close enough. That's close enough. The art doesn't need to change. The art can still say how to spend your time in college. I didn't know how different it was going to be. But I sat down and I listed out all of my little top-level bullet points here, and I ended up with 14. So, boom, there's that 14 in the title. Oh, we got to have the numbers. I know, right? And I've heard that scientific research shows that 14 is actually the best number. Does it? No. It's the best number of all time. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to do an episode to basically just try to list – I don't know if this is going to be a comprehensive list but just a bunch of ideas of how people can spend their time in college and whether or not they're worth it. Okay, essentially. And I wanted to start with uh getting your opinion on classes and uh no, take you know, some. Just take you should take some. You yeah. should take some classes. Okay. What do you mean? Obviously you're going to go to college, you're going to choose a major eventually and you're going to spend some time in classes. Uh one of the things that I thought about a lot when I was early on in college is whether or not I should either double major or get a minor.
0: And I don't know, did you ever Mm. think about doing any of that kind of stuff? Uh, I did indeed. I thought about getting a French minor. I thought about double majoring in international business because I wanted to live in another Mm. country and and work there. And uh, I didn't end up doing either of those.
1: So what was your decision process like for not doing them?
0: Um, Well, the decision to not minor in French was the same as my decision to change my major, which was originally French, to mm -hmm. MIS before I even started classes. And that is, what is a paper that says I speak French going to do that speaking French wouldn't do Mm. by itself? I don't need the extra, like, thing here, and the paper is not going to... I don't think they're going to be, whoa, he has a minor in French, we better pay him more. If, if, like, I speak French, I think that would be the same difference.
1: I do imagine you being in an interview and just all of a sudden breaking into French. Yeah, I think would that be would be more impressive a than more like impress- yeah.
0: It, and and also I could focus more on actually learning to converse rather than like, I don't know, mm. a history class or some some of the side stuff. So I didn't end up getting a minor in that. And I didn't double major, I think just because I thought that it would not be efficient. Yeah. And that I ended up getting an internship close to the area. And I basically stopped pushing quite so hard to mo- go to another country immediately to work.
1: Oh, you're saying you got an internship close to our physical, close to geographical our physical location? Okay. Because yeah. I was going to say your internship was not international business.
0: No, I got an internship that was close, and I kind of stopped ca- trying as hard to okay. go to another country and live there and stuff. You know, ended up in a long term relationship and that kind of changes things especially yes. because i would not like to isolate her in countries where she does not speak the language that Which doesn't would sound fun or easy non-English for her speaking. to get a job you know
1: yeah not, though i did not hear not that awesome. actually knows like 15 words in chinese uh, so that's fif- a start does she know 15 maybe or i don't know i just pulled a number out of a hat i don't know that is behind me the question. desk as far as you guys know
0: we should list out how many words we remember and see who wins <sighs> i know she took more years than me
1: I know basically, I know Ni Hao. Good work. And I think that's it. You did it. That's the only (laughs) word. It's the Uh, whole thing. I knew some more because I did, I remember filming that video of you and your partner in the Chinese class where you guys had to do the conversation. Oh, yeah. So I think I picked up a few words back then, but like
0: with any language, uh, disuse leads to just straight up forgetting all of it. I know very little at this point. But I guess, long story short, the point of the minor and double major I was considering stopped being my interest okay and also I was more so about like I had I had my language blog Polyglot, Glock going I was trying to yeah. do all these cool things on the side and get good, in, good internships and my thought was that who cares what this paper is going to say because I'm going to do more impressive things that make them not even care to ask about my GPA mm. or any of this nonsense they're going to be like uh yeah, class is boring. Tell me about this cool thing on your resume that you put there. And so I stopped caring as much about classwork. Yeah,
1: cool. I mean, that's pretty much a mirror image of my decision-making process. So I don't want to go too far into it because we have a lot on the list. But I will briefly mention that when I went into college, um, MIS was my intended uh, primary major. But some people had said that, hey, if you do MIS and accounting, then there's this whole... Uh, opening up field of computer-based um, like forensic accounting, where you're going in and you're auditing, uh, you know, financial systems, and it requires a lot of IT knowledge, and you're going to be able to get a job so easily. So I briefly considered double majoring in accounting, and I kind of do like accounting. Um, like when I have to open up zero and do the budgeting, or not the budgeting, the the reconciliations at the end of every month, I'm not mad about it. And then I I actually love building budget spreadsheets and financial modeling and stuff like that. It's kind of fun. But it was kind of the same decision that you came to where I realized if I give myself time outside of classes, I'm going to have time for independent learning projects. I'm going to have time for part-time jobs. I'm going to have time for all these things that are actually going to build out the other sections of a resume and give me a lot more experience-based things to talk about during an interview. Yeah. So uh, I kind of axed it. General considerations when it comes to majoring and minoring or double majoring and minoring, um, some double majors are going to require more investment and time than others. So let's say that you are uh, doing MIS and you want to pick up a minor in computer science for some reason. Maybe you're just really interested in algorithm design or something and you you want the business education that MIS brings, but you want to dig deeper into computer science. Well, depending on what university you go to, there may be a lot of overlap between the minor and the major, and you may only have to pick up like two or three extra classes to lock down that minor. Yeah, and then it's
0: like, why
1: not? Yeah, why not? You know, But I think it's really interesting. And again, it's always like a trade-off in terms of time and effort that you have in any given day. And I don't believe that a minor or even a double major is going to be substantially more impressive on a resume than real experience or extra time spent working or anything like that. So for status reasons, in most cases, unless you have a very specific goal that you think two majors is, are really going to help with, like if you're just like, hey,
0: that would probably look good on my resume, it's probably not that like, great. It's, it's not, not compelling enough for just for the sake of a resume line yeah. compared to if you're passionate about it and you really think you want to do something with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what you're pretty close to or darn near three languages now.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I speak a little bit of them.
1: Yeah, you speak you mean you're fluent in Spanish. Yeah, speak speak Your, a lot of Spanish. Uh, speak uh, how close seventy five percent say?
0: of that in French. Okay. And I probably know the first year and a half or two worth of Japanese stuff. But I, I'm not like there conversationally fluent. Yeah. But I digress. But there's I a don't lot want of this to become a language. Yeah, since. there's a lot of stuff there. So
1: those are the thoughts on on double majors and minors. All right, so the next one on the list is clubs and campus organizations. And I'm curious, what clubs and campus organizations did you
0: do in Not college? Not enough. Did I you tried, any? I tried archery club once. I went once. Did you get to shoot a bow? No, I never went again. But you went to archery club, but you never shot a bow? I went to the- Was in- it just a the meeting? In- the intro meeting, first meeting. <laughs> after really? the, After that, everything became like a mess, and I was juggling classes and all this stuff. Mm. I went to magic club, magic gathering. Yeah, it's because you know, one of our best fun.
1: friends started magic club. Um that was good. I forgot to list that. Yeah, we did that. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was
0: great. So I'm very introverted, so I missed out on a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because, uh, I don't know, I think it could have been a good idea. Basically, I kept always having an excuse not to go to the one tonight. I can, I can go next week. I'll get my yeah. life together. I'm busy today. I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I'm hungry. Just like the, <laughs> the dumbest excuses. I have and to then, wash my hair tonight. Yeah, it, it takes just, a while. Yeah, <laughs> Especially for you. Exactly, and, and I got to do the Farrah Foss spray. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't actually join a lot of uh, clubs. I, I was a part of like a French club mm-hmm. and archery for a little bit and several, but I ended up not going to most of them. And every time I, I thought that next week be, would be the week that I'll totally have everything together, the uh, the problem is that as the years go on in college, I only got busier. Yeah, that tends to happen. And then there were suddenly no more next weeks. Mm-hmm. They were all gone. It's kind of like, you know, I could make that same discussion about life, but in college it happens really fast yeah. because it's only a few years.
1: You know the really funny thing? I remember all of us during our final year of college being so excited to graduate because we would finally have time. That's not how that works. <laughs>
0: that is a I lie. remember we
1: were just saying, oh, yeah, I won't have classes or homework anymore. So I'll just go to my job and then I'll come back and I'll have the rest of the night every single night to do whatever I want. And now I think you and I both look back at college and think a lot of the times we had more time back then.
0: I had so much <laughs> free time back then. Managing classes is easy in comparison. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think in our case, we
1: often do this to ourselves because That's we true. take on That's a lot true. of Arguably,
0: projects. if we could just like, well, we clock out at 5, and then we just completely ignore and take the work out. I guess in, the, well, in our case, it's hard for me to get the work out of my head because I, yeah. I, I care about it, and I can keep working on it at any time.
1: Yeah, a lot of times you and I are working at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., or you're working at midnight on a Sunday or something.
0: Yeah, I'll just send you a Slack at <laughs> 1 in the morning that's like, here's this thing. What now? You're not going to respond. I'm, like. I'm never
1: awake at that time, uh, unless Anna has convinced me to marathon Stranger Things. At which point I am. But uh even for somebody who has a normal job like Anna, it's not just eight hours at work. It's eight hours plus a half an hour lunch, plus a forty-five minute commute each way, plus coming home, taking care of the cat, cooking dinner. Yeah, you gotta eat at some cleaning point. Cleaning up everything, like you actually end up not having a whole lot of time. So uh time management it doesn't get easier. I don't I don't wanna say it only gets harder because you could choose not
0: to have a cat and you could choose to yeah, eat a waffles you gain every day more power over it maybe but yeah. it still doesn't it doesn't get easier and like you get the weekend and you're like I'm free now but now all of your friends are free and they say hey do stuff with me and you're like yep. but my personal projects
1: <laughs> that's Anna's big struggle right now I'll
0: never play final fantasy again because my stupid friends want to be my friends
1: Well, luckily for you, a lot of your friends are playing Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty convenient, So you have, yeah, you have that convenient situation going. But Anna's been dealing with that because she's got her YouTube channel that she's trying to both edit videos for, but also she has to do customizations to get footage in the first place. And then she's getting art prints ready to sell at the convention. And then, of course, people are like, hey, let's go to restaurants or let's go hang out this weekend. And it gets harder. And I think the other thing is a lot of the things that you're able to easily ignore in college, like eating terrible food, becomes more consequential when you get older. I don't know. If I eat terrible food, I'm constantly tired and I just feel terrible. Yeah. It's the worst. And if I like if I skip exercising now,
0: I feel horrible. Used to be so invincible.
1: Yep. <laughs> you could just have uh, spaghetti with m ms in it like
0: our friend Colin did. Oh, wait, you weren't there for that. (laughs) That sounds terrible, in that I don't like spaghetti or m ms or the supposed combination. You don't like spaghetti? No. Man. Spaghetti's good, dude. Maybe you just haven't had good spaghetti. It's boring. You can make it unboring. By making it something better than spaghetti.
1: No, I mean, like, you...
0: It's noodles and pasta sauce.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, look, if you have really good tomatoes... You know know what's a better sauce? ...really good quality
0: pasta sauce. Cheese sauce. I will agree with that because we go. all food is a delivery mechanism for Granted, cheese. Granted, my cheese sauce is like cashew cheese, but it's still it's better. True.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, what do they call that? Like pomodoro or something? I forget the Italian name. Point being, a, a simple spaghetti can be delicious if it's made it right. Can, but I still don't care. And then if you toss in some pecorino romano cheese and some mushrooms and some onions, nope, and some carrots, shred the carrots to kind of take the acidity out of the cheese or the uh, tomato. This is a cooking the podcast is now. It's
0: still pasta. I'm not that into pasta. Not a,
1: uh, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, make it a uh, pizza. But yeah, so for clubs and campus organizations, I did business council, which was very rewarding. And business council at Iowa State was basically like this this club where you were kind of like the go between between the faculty and the students. So you did a lot of um, advising. Like there was peer advising hours we would do where people could literally mm-hmm. come in and ask us more experienced upperclassmen in business council. Oh, you were you were hey. business senpai. Yes, was we were business were senpai. Saying? And okay. we noticed people during our peer <laughs> review hours. Yes. Uh, so we would tell people, hey, take this class. This professor's yeah. good. That kind of thing. Here's what you should do based on your goals. And then we would put together events and stuff like that. So that was very rewarding. That gave me some leadership experience. And then Magic Club was cool. I did the Solar Car Club, which I did not last long oh, yeah. in because uh, – During my freshman year, I was pretty fairly convinced that I was not an engineer type. Like, I was interested in IT, but my brain was like, you're not an engineer. You can't actually build cool things, which is totally false. But back then, I believed it, so I didn't last in that. And then I did Guitar Club. And Guitar Club led to me doing the one time that I've ever played an open mic night, which is fun.
0: And I may want to do
1: that in the future. All right, so... Number three on my list here, and I don't think this is anything you ever did.
0: Yeah, I, I was—I didn't do much,
1: you know. <laughs> no, there's—I got some stuff down here at the bottom that you did. Oh, good for sure. Because a lot of this isn't like only college, um, but committees. So apart from clubs, what I learned in college is that there are certain committees you can join, uh, and in my case, there were two that I joined. There was the computer advisory committee, which was it was mostly faculty and then me. Because I guess they wanted a student on it. And basically we just voted on budget requests for like departments wanting to have laptops given to them or stuff like that. Oh. And I had to meet once a month for that. And then uh, there was also an academic standards committee. And so I was part of a committee that would literally decide whether or not to let people who were either on academic probation or who had been kicked out back into the school. And we would like read their resume or their not their resumes. They had to write essays about why they would do better this time. So we had to read them and say, all right, should we let this person back in or not? Uh, Those I thought would be worth it because I thought they would look really cool on my resume. They were not worth it for that reason. And at this point, I just want to put it out there. Filling your resume up with a bunch of really impressive sounding stuff isn't like you don't have to do that. You well, can be successful if you don't fill your resume up with a ton of stuff. Like, that never did anything for me.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like p- filling it with stuff that you don't really care about is also a little bit of a trap. Like yeah. uh, like I tell Ashley when she's trying to figure out what art to display for certain things, and she's like, I don't really want to do that one. And I'm like, if you don't want to do it, don't let them know that you can. Yep. Because then they're going to ironically be like, that's my favorite thing ever. Could you do more of that? And you're going to say no. That's true. Like, what if what if somebody wanted to hire you, and their first thought was, this guy was on an academic standards committee. That sounds Ooh. like the most amazing thing we should hire him for. <laughs> and you're just like, no, don't look at that line. You got the job. we're putting It was you on just the standards supposed to committee. look like I had a lot of text. Yeah, exactly. All right, forget about it.
1: My resume got too big in college. I had to cut stuff. So, uh, The one nice thing about doing those was that I actually got a lot more face, in, uh, face time with people who worked at the college. There were a lot of professors and administrators who were on those committees, so I kind of got on a first-name basis with them through doing that. So it was a good networking opportunity, though there are other networking opportunities like going to office hours or doing research opportunities with a professor. It's not the only way to do it. And of course, you didn't
0: have to put that on your resume. You could always just skip it.
1: Oh, yeah. It wasn't that I regretted putting it on my resume. It was that I regretted spending the time for that every week for a whole semester. Yeah, you know, trudging across campus to go and tell a student whether or not
0: they get to be back in classes like that's maybe you like holding that that power and you just i don't (laughs) (laughs) know i
1: i really don't buy me lunch and i'll
0: think about it i don't like holding power over people that seems like a weird position to be in as a student yep i
1: really don't uh and that'll come into play in the part-time job section so next up on our list is on-campus events Uh, these are like the one-time things and the the one thing I'll say about these is if you want to know when and where they're happening, there's two good ways to do it. First, follow like campus departments. Follow your school. Follow even teachers on Twitter or Facebook because a lot of times they post those things there. And then look at bulletin boards because colleges have lots and lots of bulletin boards. All kinds of them. Yeah. Especially dorms. I don't think Freddie had that many bulletin boards. But then again, Freddie was like apartments.
0: So... The um, dining place next to it had bulletin boards.
1: That's right. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, pay attention to bulletin boards. Um, and I think, like, with these kind of things, especially if you're early on, like, freshman or sophomore year, just go to a ton of them because they're going to be the way that you meet friends and you're going to find things that you like doing. I don't know. I think a lot of times people come to college and they you don't know what you're going to like. Yeah. So you should go to things like Club Fest I think Iowa State had 800 clubs and most of them were at this giant club fest and you could go and you could talk to the people who ran them and figure out when their meetings were. Those were awesome. Um, and there was like the computer security competition. That wasn't a club. That was just like a one-time thing, but I was oh, able yeah. to be part of it. And unfortunately, I wasn't Those part of cool. the one that you and Will did. So I didn't get to experience Will putting the server password in the public chat and then saying, "It's a simple, just kidding. It just happens. <laughs> it happens sometimes. But I did get to be on one of the teams. And I think I was on uh, the team trying to harden the servers. And, you know, I wasn't super great at it, but it was a fun experience. And I also got to meet somebody building a custom arcade machine. So that was fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then one note I have here for on campus events always, always, always go to the career fair. So I don't know how many times that your particular school, dear listener, has a career fair. But at ours, there was one in the spring and one in the fall. And I remember freshman year, almost everyone in my hall didn't go because they thought, "Eh, I'm a freshman. I don't even need an internship until after my sophomore year. Why would I go to the career fair now? It's a big waste of time. One, go to the career fair and you're going to meet recruiters who are probably going to be back next year and then they're going to remember you. And think, hey, there was that really cool freshman who was here just to get experience and meet people last year. I'm pretty impressed already that they were here last year. So that gives you a leg up. And two, it's practice
0: because career fairs are scary. Yeah, like just adding it to your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't talk to that many people, just being able to walk in there that way next time you got to go, you can imagine, I know what it's going to be like. It's not that scary. I know what I'm supposed to do. I go over here. I get my card. I walk through. There's a bunch of lines of people. Mm-hmm. takes away a little bit of the anxiety that you already have from talking to recruiters. Yeah. Which, you know, that's enough. Plus it
1: gives you an opportunity to get some nice clothes if you don't have them and then have them on hand for other events where you might need them. Yeah. Or in my case, go to JC Benny and, and buy a suit and have no idea how to have a,
0: f- a suit fitted. That's what I did. So so just it just have... <laughs> fit well already.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're, you got lucky. Your suit fits nicely. My first suit, it wasn't good. <laughs> I've been training my
0: body my whole life. To fit off the rack suits, you know that's <laughs> the off the rack suit body program. that my goal by Martin Baby. I save a very small amount of money in exchange for my <laughs> life. Now, listen, suits are often cut
1: too wide in the midsection and they have narrow shoulders. So what you're going to need to do is eat <laughs> like six donuts a day yeah. until you hit a certain body fat percentage and never do overhead press. But you do want to do tricep press down because the arms are big, okay? It's very specific.
0: <laughs> now, you could just go to a tailor. Did, did you ever go to a tailor in college? Uh, no. Because I always like was no. like, sure, I'll go do that. And then I, once again, I would be like, next time. Is that expensive? Yes. Uh, I never went to a tailor. It's not expensive. Okay.
1: Alterations to a suit are easy to do for the most part, and they're not that expensive. I always imagined
0: everything to be too expensive, so then I didn't even check. Yeah, you thought that like driving to a different state would be super expensive. (laughs) I imagined everything to be untenably
1: expensive. Yeah, no, tailoring is is pretty cheap, and the nice thing about a suit is, sure, there is some value to the quality, maybe the type of fabric they use, but when it comes down to it, the way the suit fits you is the most important factor in terms of how it's going to look. So if you buy a $150 off-the-rack suit at JCPenney and you have it measured well so it's already a close fit and then you take it to a tailor and get $25 or $50 worth of alterations done, now you have a $200 suit that fits you amazingly. Or you could go to Brooks Brothers and pay $1,000 for a suit and never get it altered and it would look baggy on you. And it would look terrible.
0: Yeah, this is this is barely related to the episode, but last time I was in Ames, I was walking around with Ashley and I was like, you know how I know we're in a college town? That dude on the block down there, his suit's five people too big. Yep. That's how I know we're in a college town right now. It's not just suits, man. I think like
1: 75% of the people at my internship, they had dress shirts that were billowing out of their khakis. Yeah, yeah it's
0: like... And
1: they would buy khakis that were... You know, pleated weird, or
0: they'd wear really you bad. You get a good shoes. one. You stand out from like ninety percent of the other students. Yeah, there you go.
1: I get my slacks from Express, and they fit really nicely. And I, I get most of my dress clothes from Express, other than my suit. And uh, yeah, I mean they just they're cut really nicely. So pay attention to fit. I know that's not really part of the podcast yeah. topic, yeah, but it's like it's, it's a little you bonus know, tip, a little off. But go to the career fair. Always go to it, even if you go talk to one company during your freshman year. That's experience, and you're going to – It's I don't know. It's going to make it easier when you really need to go talk to recruiters. Uh, All right. Part-time jobs. This is another decent way to spend your time in college, or if you were me and possibly you, a required way to spend your time in college. Required in what sense? If I didn't work in college, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Like I I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship that paid for my tuition – but I had to take out loans for my dorm and everything. And then I had to work to well, you pay out for... you took fewer
0: loans than I did, though.
1: Did I? Yeah. I took I took what they gave me on the FAFSA
0: for federal loans. Did you take private loans, too? Uh, No, I just got a bunch of extras. I, I had to take, like, the max every year.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, I guess that makes sense. All right, let me rephrase that. You could take loans to pay for everything. But the loan eligibility I had was um, Stafford Loans. Which basically paid for my dorms. Okay. And my parents were no way in heck going to take out a Parent Plus loan. And I don't fault them for that at all. Um, and there, I think there was like the Perkins loan. I wasn't, I don't know if I was eligible for that. I think my family's EFC was like too high for certain things. Mm. So basically it was like, all right, Tom, if you want to be able to buy your textbooks and be able to have money on the weekends occasionally or be able to buy some stuff for your dorm, you're going to have to work. Otherwise, you're taking out private student loans. And in my opinion, don't take out private student loans if you can help it. Yeah. Like, I
0: don't know. There's always edge cases. I like but the government protected ones. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't like private student loans. Sometimes it makes sense, maybe, but usually just no. Um, especially if you have time for part-time jobs because as we've talked about in previous episodes, there are four tiers of job desirability in college and the top three all have benefits beyond just the money. Tier one is any job that gets you real experience in your major area, which I was able to get through my uh, IT solution center job, my web development job, and my research center job where I did web development as well, and uh, some cool automation stuff. Any job where you get professional experience in communication, in teamwork, any of those additional soft skills that employers are looking for, that's my tier two. And I got that through being a resident advisor through working at the business career services office, and by being a cyclone aide, which was basically like a the pre, the people who helped all the new students coming in get signed up for classes and gave tours and answered oh, questions, yeah. and then any kind of job that gives you downtime to work on homework as well, which I got through again the business career services thing and through the solution center when there was downtime. You know, I was making money on all those, but also there was benefits. Yeah, like real resume building experience. And I, I honestly think that my part-time jobs in college contributed more to my hireability than my degree.
0: Yeah, I think that too. It's also a good time management practice.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Was your did you, was your job in college you had like the first one? Was it uh, set hours?
0: Yes. Mm. Yeah, I worked in evenings for a long time.
1: That's right. Yeah. So you still had to figure out how to schedule your homework around. Evening shifts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds hard and it is, but I think time management is a skill that was worth building. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially early on, so that I could get good at it while classes were easy. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it wasn't a big deal.
1: That's why the first course that we are going to build is going to be very time management based because it's a very important skill. Uh, For me, that solution center job, every week they would open up a calendar full of hours that I could take, and it was like a feeding frenzy basically. like oh, yeah. It was first come, first serve. Oh, if you want the good shifts, you better be there right away. So I would be there right away, refreshing the page right before the time that it would become available. But of course, there were like five or six other employees doing the same thing. So every week I would have to reconstruct my calendar based on what shifts I was able to get. That sounds like an extra challenge. I did not have to do that, luckily. Yep. It, was, it was time management boot camp. Uh, but yeah, part-time jobs are... Are Definitely a good thing. I am a huge fan of them. I know there are certain college bloggers and college experts who say your studies are your full-time job. You shouldn't have a job in college, but come on. I don't know. Unless you're in medical school or something and your life is studying, you got 10 hours a week. To work and get some resume experience and get I had some like five or money. six
0: relevant jobs on my resume by the yeah. time I got out, it was it's very helpful.
1: Yeah, I think it was super duper helpful. Um, internships are also very helpful, but you know I think having a resume out of college that didn't just have one single internship, but that had an internship and uh, three IT related jobs plus other jobs that I could swap out if it was maybe not an IT related position yeah. was really impressive.
0: It also builds on your stories you can pull for uh, interviews.
1: That's true, yeah. It's a little harder to pull stories from classes.
0: Well, it's also hard if you have one single big story, and then you keep using it for all of their questions at the interview. Mm -hmm. It's better if you have several stories, so they're not just like, so your entire life was forged in this three hours? Yep. (laughs) Yes, it was. Sounds
1: tough. (laughs) The whole life. (laughs) Uh, I just realized I have to bump our list. We're going to keep 14. 14. This is a little bonus here, but we have to bump the number of the list up to 15, because I forgot to list studying abroad. Oh, no. Which is definitely an option, and and one that neither of us take, took advantage of. kind of wish I did, but I
0: couldn't. Uh, I don't think that was fiscally feasible at the time.
1: Yeah, because you would have had to take
0: out extra loans. But that loans. would have been really
1: cool. I don't think the federal loans applied to study abroad programs. Yeah. But there are loan programs and scholarship programs that you can look for that are study abroad specific. So if anyone's interested in that, uh, number one, look at those things Two, our writer extraordinaire Ransom Patterson went to, I think Northern Ireland for study abroad. And I interviewed him about it. I can't remember the episode number. It may have been like episode one Oh one or one Oh two, but that'll be in the show notes. So we've got a whole episode on study abroad experience to put, uh, or to give people more information. All right, next thing on my list, uh, volunteering. And this is like not necessarily a college thing, but it's definitely something you can do in college. It can be very rewarding. It can be a very good way to make friends. And a lot of times it can be a way to get work experience that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to get because they wouldn't pay you for it. Yeah. So really good example, um, when I was in college, I was part of a church youth group, and the church that I was at was ridiculously big. Like it was basically a rock stadium And I volunteered to run the audio during the night services which basically required me to learn a mixing board that was basically wider than I am tall. And then in the back I had to learn just ridiculous racks of patch panels and XLR cables and figuring out how to hook up every single instrument and every single speaker (laughs) on the PA system. So I learned how to run venue-sized PA and audio uh, live production. That's cool. And I don't think anybody would have paid me to do that in college, especially with the level of experience I had, which was zero.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like an easier way to get an unpaid internship in that there probably aren't that strict of interview processes to get you through it or people clamoring for the position.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There really weren't that many people clamoring for it. There, I think they like they really needed somebody and they were like, nobody wants to do this because it's too complicated. Yeah. I said, well, I'll do it because it sounds fun. And then, like one time, I just volunteered to go clean apartments for with them as well, and that sounds really unfun what and boring. Of, what kind of apartments? Uh, it was it was like literally just, just regular apartments, people's and, apartments I apartments that know are if, dirty. What kind I of setup is this? Think I think what it was is that it was like low income housing. That okay. was going to be given to
0: people, and it was just like really needed dirty to be from prepared. the previous people. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was just like, "What? What? You volunteer maids? What? What kind it, of? System? Yeah, it wasn't that just makes like, more Oh, sense. we were going
1: to go clean some frat bros' apartments. <laughs> Excuse
0: me, I'd like to clean your house for you. Yeah, I don't remember exactly that's, what the okay. situation was, but it was it was people
1: who were going to be coming in, and I, they may have been refugees, or they may have been I don't know what. Yeah, it was. that
0: that's cool. That makes more
1: sense. But it sounded really unfun. But then I showed up, and I mean, we were there for like four hours just cleaning apartments, and it was actually a lot of fun because turns out when you're doing something active and you're having, I don't know, cleaning is kind of a team effort. You make friends. Yeah. It's a good way to make friends. So volunteering, that's one thing. Uh, Entrepreneurship was something I put on here. And the clearest example was, you know, College InfoGeek became a full-time business for me eventually. But I did freelance web design in college and I used Craigslist and I used word of mouth to get clients. Uh, the other thing is, I, I was looking through my calendar to see what all I did during my freshman year, Oh, you still and I have kept that. seeing. Yeah, I, I go back. I have to. There's. It's a disconcerting amount of clicks to get back to 2010 now, but.
0: <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> this is our daily reminder that uh, we're old and dying. Yeah. Gotta have that in every episode. Um, I kept seeing all these little blocks of meet this person to sell computer at this library, or meet this person to sell monitor, and that reminded me I spent a lot of time. Getting my hands on computer parts and then selling them, or I would go get my hands on a bunch of computer parts and I'd build a full system and I'd put like Ubuntu on it and then sell it to somebody who just needed a web browsing machine. Hmm. So that was a decent way to make money and it was kind of fun. I don't know if you did any entrepreneurial things other built than college info geek you website. Built, yeah, you built college info. I did website. other
0: projects, but I didn't make much money through
1: them. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, honors program. So I have two – there's two list items here. There's the the actual school honors program, and then there are honor societies, which are different and independent. So I I don't think you really have much experience with either of these. I didn't care to get into either. Yeah. So at Iowa State and many big universities, there is an honors program that you can be part of. You apply to it either when you're applying to college, or I think you can also get into them later on when you're already a student. Uh, So these things – were, I would say during my freshman year, the the freshman honors program was very worth it because it immediately got me able to network with a bunch of other really smart students. There were a bunch of really cool programs we got to take part in. And there was like a whole retreat we did where we like stayed in a cabin over a weekend. Oh, so cool. that was fun. But honors programs always have requirements for you to graduate. And when you graduate with honors, one, you get to put honors graduate on your resume cool. And you also get to graduate with this cool gold cord around your neck while you're wearing your robes. Like a chain. Yeah. It's like a gold chain, like two chains, but it's like one cord. You're not as cool as two chains. That's my honors rap problem. One cord. Yeah. I'm not as cool as two chains. It's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing. Nope. So I did the freshman honors program during my freshman year. And then during the the next three years, I would have to take part in these extra classes and then I would have to do a final project and present it to somebody. And I I was gonna do it, but then as I started doing College Info Geek, I realized I could be pouring my hours into building this business, or I could be pouring my hours into doing this extra project and taking these extra classes, literally just for bragging rights. Because I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So yeah. there is no possible interview that I really wanted to go to where I could maybe show that my honor status makes me a better job candidate. Pin it, I it up wasn't, on the fridge. Yeah, put it on my fridge there. Gives my mom. Hey, mom, here's a picture of me and my honors cord. And I will tell you, because I didn't graduate with honors, my parents didn't come to my graduation. They actually haven't talked to me since then. They're horribly disappointed. And she's taken Happens out all the, time. all the art that I made when I was a kid that she that had up on the walls, art, she yeah. burned it.
0: Oh no! B- because she of at least that. cooked that pasta,
1: she could have, but she didn't. She burned it. She t- she texted me. She said, "I wasted that pasta because oh, no. you didn't graduate with honors. You are a disappointment to this family, and you are in fact not part of this family anymore. Goodbye.
0: Well, yeah, and good night. It's like cre- it's like credentials <laughs> versus skills. Yeah, and your time can go to sometimes both of them at once." Often skills will lead right. to credentials and vice versa, but sometimes you're just sacrificing one for the other. And of the two, yeah. I think skills is usually more worth it, unless you're in a very, very, very specific career field that demands the credentials.
1: Yes, which I wasn't. Yeah, uh, it turns out bloggers don't yeah, like, need so- credentials. Sometimes,
0: sometimes they do need that. Yep. You know, if you're trying to be a doctor, don't throw your grades to the wind. No, you got yeah. You can't just. I'm freelance doing surgery out on the side, but that's not gonna. Mm-hmm. And we That's, have a whole. It might get episode. you arrested, actually. I don't know. <laughs> actually, we have
1: two medical school related episodes. Episode twenty six with Ryan Newen, which is about studying in medical school, and then I forget the episode number but with my other friend Ryan Gray,
0: which is about like getting into medical. All school. All the Ryans like medical stuff. It's don't a bunch they?
1: of Ryans. It is. It seriously is. And also, Ryan Gray lives in Denver, which is pretty cool. Uh, but if anyone wants to learn about what is indeed required and do you need perfect grades, uh, listen to those. They're enlightening. Because Ryan Nguyen or Win, sorry, I always, that Vietnamese last name. It looks like Nguyen or Nguyen, but it's just Win, I think. I don't know. Maybe someone's gonna. I don't know Vietnamese. Me. Somebody has told thing. me that in at least in America, I know it's not pronounced they just the way it's spelled here. Win, but and he says it's Win. Uh, but he didn't have perfect grades, but he did have some extra stuff that made up for it and got him accepted at a lot of uh, medical schools. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, I ended up quitting the honors program because I realized I had a flywheel going with College Info Geek. And the more time I put into that, the more successful I thought I was going to be in the thing I wanted to be successful in. Yeah. So I ended up quitting it. I gave up the gold cord. I got disowned by my family. It's fine. You know, I can deal with the crippling loneliness because money, success, and power cures loneliness. Turns out. It does cure it. (laughs) All right. And so the other one here is honor societies. So these are things like Phi Beta Kappa, Phi Theta Kappa, which is the community college equivalent, um, Cardinal Key Society, things like that. So if you have decent grades in college, you are probably going to be invited to apply or join one of these things. And they're going to say, when you apply and join the Cardinal Key Society or the Phi Beta Kappa or whatever it is, you're going to have all these benefits, including access to our alumni network and all this kind of cool stuff. Uh, But invariably you have to pay yeah that's why i didn't join any of those yeah um now i think weirdly for cardinal key i didn't have to pay i had to go to an interview and i had to interview with them and then they actually came into one of my classes during the class and handed me the key along with one other girl who had gotten in
0: so i'm technically it was in. was like the, a valentine they just bring it in and they're like let's yes. pass them out what that's Yes, it's very like showy. It's a very showy. It's very showy of them, but they probably wanted you to feel special in class. So well, that yeah. Otherwise, honored, yeah. how
1: are you going to convince people to join? Unless you got to make it seem like people, sh- like yeah, everyone's got to be jealous. Okay. Well, I want to get a cool like balsa wood key with red paint on it that says that I'm smart. Um, so I guess I'm technically a Cardinal Key Honor Society member, and I can tell you that I have never done anything with that ever.
0: <laughs> so my <laughs> opinion
1: on honor Society maybe is- maybe you still will. It's it's more resume fodder and it's not necessarily all that useful. So I wouldn't be spending my money on it. Um, I think the reason I did the Cardinal Key one is because they said that there was a required interview process and I wanted to go and see if I could pass the interview. It is interview just for practice. Like, yeah, it was more interview practice. Always take interview practice. That's the tip here. Uh, but don't take up honor society things just because you want resume fodder. I yeah. don't know. Go do cool things to get resume fodder. All right, frats and sororities. You and I know nothing. <laughs> John's not. I assume
0: they're exactly like all the movies. And uh, if yes. I'm wrong, I don't know.
1: They yeah. Animal House is actually that's true, right? A documentary happens all the time. <laughs> every frat house has John Belushi in it. He's there. Well, no if matter he's not which there, one. Is it really a frat house? I think every every frat house has their own John Belushi. Okay, but. No, I mean, so frats and sororities are very different. They're very diverse. It's hard to generalize too much about them because even at our school, there are religious fraternities. There are professional fraternities that aren't residential and you could just be part of them and they're like a club. There are um, dry fraternities where no alcohol is ever consumed, even if you're a senior, on the house premises. And then there's your normal ones. So it all comes down to what is the one that you're looking at going to be like But in my opinion, a fraternity is basically just, like, a paid package deal for friends and living accommodations and opportunities. Like, that's – I mean, I guess college in a way is sort of like that too. But, like, fraternities are even more that because it's basically like, all right, you're going to pay this much per semester to get a place to live, all these brothers or sisters if you uh, make rush and you're gonna get all these connections afterwards. You're gonna have this whole alumni network, which could potentially be useful. It sounds like a more
0: physical version of the honor society thing you were just talking about.
1: It kind of is, um, and then there's lots of events that you get to take part in, get to. Let me let me put quotes around the word get, because in a lot of cases, you have to. You. So the one thing that turned me off of fraternities, instantly, when I was training to be a cyclone aide, which is that job where we helped all the new students, learn about the campus we had to tour a fraternity and a sorority and learn everything there was to know about it so we could answer questions and I remember we were walking up the stairs at one frat house and there was this corner landing in the middle of the staircase and the tour guide who was part of the frat said every Saturday night one of the brothers has to stand here for the whole night and it's basically his turn to babysit the other brothers, and if one comes back drunk, he has to help him get back to bed, or he has to make sure nobody's doing anything wrong. And I thought to myself, okay, so wait, you want me to pay the same amount of money that it costs to live in a dorm for the privilege of being a babysitter once a month? No, <laughs> <I can see laughs> I'm not how that doing was that. Was not that convincing. Yeah, so th- that turned me off of it right away, and I was just like, "Not, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Of course, it, you know, a lot of people enjoy their time in fraternities. I'm sure we have listeners who are in them right now or graduated from them. If you liked it, that's fine. But I guess my opinion is it's a package deal for many things you can go get independently in college. You can live in a dorm, and there's going to be plenty of neighbors to be friends with. The quality
0: of those neighbors I do not think is going to be any worse than your frat brothers. Yeah, it, it's just like different people. You don't have to do this to have a real college experience. Yep. So choose, Every, choose it only if you want it. Everything you can get in a frat minus the Greek letters on your front door, and
1: you could even you glue those carve, there. You carve some in there. You can get not in a frat. I guess the, the only thing you're not going to get is the specific alumni networks and like access to those people. So you can't just be like, yo, I'm part of alpha, alpha, alpha frat can you get me a job in your company, bro? You can't do that, but you could maybe go meet the same people through networking events or just yeah. by saying I'm an alumni of your school because a lot of people are pretty receptive to that. You know? So it's, it's another thing to think about. Um, next on my list is searching for scholarships. This is something that a lot of high schoolers do, which is smart, but then they stop when they get to college, which is not smart. Don't stop. Don't stop. I think you got scholarships while you were in college,
0: right? I got a better. I got my best scholarship when I was already in college. Your best one? Yeah, better than I got coming in. What was what was your best one? The one that gave me like another five or six grand for two oh, years. Oh wow! So it was like a ten or twelve thousand dollar thing, and I didn't get that coming into college. I got that afterward, applying for some other stuff. So don't there give up. Yeah, don't give up on the scholarships. There's some good money in there. I did get my best scholarship um, in high school but then
1: I got all of my other ones in college. I was terrible in high school, so that wasn't going to work for me. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, I think I spent, I don't know, maybe an hour a month or something applying for scholarships, and I just kept my ear to the ground. Like the business college would send out a universal application every semester where if you're part of the business college, you sign up via this one application and you're in the running for 10 or 20 different awards and two years I got one of them and then there was an entrepreneurship group scholarship where like the entrepreneurship office on campus offered one and you just basically wrote a report about what you had done and then it was almost like a grant to keep going so two different years I was able to get a thousand dollars yeah and then there was a there were a couple other ones as well so yeah keep applying for scholarships I don't know make about an hour a month of time all right, so I've got three more on this list. Um, all right, all right, I wasn't keeping track, so that's good to know. So, and these maybe these are my favorite ones. Ooh. They're they're all like not super college specific now. One is independent learning projects. Okay, those so are cool. for me, and independent learning or just independent projects in general. College Info Geek was an independent project for fun. I, I don't I don't know if I was like specifically intending to learn anything. I just wanted to have a blog because I had gotten rejected from being a writer at a bigger blog. So I just, I wanted to have one and I did it. Uh, you did the same thing. Yeah. You didn't get rejected from a blog, but you did build your own blog and you were writing articles in college. You know, there's all these independent things you can do. So don't look at the course catalog and think, oh, that's all I can learn. No, you can do anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, re- I recorded uh, two EPs in college. That's true. I got all the achievements in Skyrim. You know, that was an important one. No, I uh <laughs> I did a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Built college info geek, had a billion part-time jobs, studied languages on the side, like l- did several independent studies that counted for classwork, but mm-hmm. were secretly me just building my girlfriend's website and getting a grade for there it. There you go. Yeah. As smart independent stuff was where I actually did things.
1: Ooh, and there's actually t- there's two parts of this that I kind of didn't think about until just now. There's your casual independent learning projects. But then there's also independent study. Yeah. And there was one class that was part of my major that I really didn't want to take because it was my senior year and I realized I want to run College of Geek full-time at this point. I don't want to take this required class. I will never use it. So I went to the guy who ran the program and I asked, hey, can I replace this required class with an independent study? And they said, as long as you propose something that seems like a worthwhile project, yes. So I proposed learning how to build iPhone apps. And then I used that semester to try to build an iPhone app for college info geek. Uh, I failed at building a full iPhone app for the blog because it turned out to be really hard, but I did build two working prototypes, learned objective C and was able to write a really cool blog post about it. And -hmm. then I just turned that blog post into my final report and passed the independent study. Nice. So three credits Didn't have to do any of the tests or homework or anything for that boring class. And it was cool. And I got some coding experience from it. Uh, One thing I had listed here was relationships. And I know you and I have both gotten some questions from students who are asking, you know, should I have a relationship in college? Is it going to kill my productivity? Yeah.
0: yeah. Will a girlfriend or boyfriend ruin my dreams? Yeah. Uh, Yes. In in
1: my experience.
0: Immediately. No. (laughs) Your life is over. It's
1: over. (laughs) It's over. The moment you get a girlfriend in college, you need to burn all your goals because you just, you wake up the next day, you're in a suburbian house. You've been married for 40 years. Yep. 40 years of marriage. You wake up that way. Your kids are in college actually. Yeah. You just skip it all. (laughs) The moment that you talk to a girl, the moment. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't know. Relationships are about communication. So if you meet somebody and you want to be in a relationship with them and you have goals, then communicate about that. And uh, I don't know. I think that a lot of people are going to they're going to get in relationships in college and it's not going to be the person they end up staying with forever. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times it's because through communication, you're going to learn that you aren't compatible or that one person wants to monopolize your time and that doesn't work with your goals. then maybe somebody else
0: who you really like is totally willing to give you time for your things because they've got time for their things. And even if it doesn't work, that experience is useful. Mm -hmm. And once again, if if you've really got a problem with the time management thing, it's still a time management challenge. And now it's also a communication and relationship challenge.
1: That's true. And I mean,
0: it's not impossible. I was like on Saturdays, I do stuff with Ashley, but I was like, on Sundays, I'm working on my blog. Mm -hmm. I'm going to disappear for a while. And that's it. That's it. You know, you just find a way to make it work that everybody agrees on, and it's not going to – there's no reason a relationship should crush your life. And if it yeah. is, then maybe maybe that's not the right one. Do you guys still do that? Yeah. Yeah, like for the Like the most Saturday part. and Sunday kind for of For the most part, Saturday is fun. I don't always do something extra productive on Sunday. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to play games. But yep. in general, on Saturday, we still say we are specifically going to go out and do something cool together, restaurant, go hiking. That works – I'm like, and then on Sunday, it's more expected that if I have something productive or she has something productive, she wants to do, we do it then. Do you guys uh, wake up at the same time too? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, most do. days?
1: Yeah. I tend to wake up a lot earlier than Anna. So for me, it's like Saturday morning, I'll just do some work. And then when she wakes up, we're good to go. Oh yeah. That I've makes sense. Got my little bit of work done. So that works perfectly. And then the last thing that I had on here was just fun things. And I I just put that on there because... Fun also
0: ruins your life and your dreams are crushed once again. Everything, if you don't do or do any of the things on this list, (laughs) your college experience is ruined. Yep.
1: (laughs) No pressure. Yep. Uh, Actually, there's a a very specific order of these 14 things. And if you don't do it in that order, the world will end.
0: Did you have certain fun things listed or just like have fun, live a little in general? Well,
1: I put the most memorable or one of the most memorable fun things that I did on this list... Which was when we were on campus during the summer after my freshman year, and I was with all the cyclonades, three of us decided to try to get a picture in every building on campus, which is 185 oh, buildings. Cool. Um, we only made it to 75 buildings, but it was still super fun going to 75 buildings and trying to find a creative way to take a picture in all of them. Yeah, um, we went and like met the president of the university. and I don't know, we did a bunch of cool things. So do cool things. Do mattress jousting yeah, in the I was hallways? Thinking I, I heard did
0: I did hear tale of mattress jousting. We did mattress jousting. I wasn't there that year. And then when I was an RA,
1: my students, they didn't do mattress jousting, but they would do mattress uh like vaulting. So they'd stack mattresses up in the hallway and then or no, they would they would line the floor with mattresses in the hallway and then they would hold broomsticks up and like do like, like backwards pole, jumps like. over them. They didn't have poles, but they would like try to jump over the broomstick and oh, see okay. how high they could jump and then land okay. on the mattresses. Uh, I didn't tell them to stop that. I did tell them not to take a kiddie pool up to the fourth floor and fill it with water. That sounds like it will damage a lot of things. Yes. Don't do that one. Um, I definitely know it will damage things because in one of the other halls that I wasn't the RA of, somebody threw a football and hit one of the fire sprinklers and just flooded the two floors beneath him. So I bet they were happy. No, no playing with water in the dorms. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, just make some time for fun. You need time to relax. You need time to recharge your batteries. It you can't be a productivity yeah, robot all like the time. I put like four
0: hundred plus hours into Monster Hunter, you yeah. know, because somebody's got to do it, Tom. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> Somebody has got to do it. I put and probably fifty hours into Geometry Wars. Especially mode. especially social stuff because it's not. It's obviously, it's not impossible to make friends as an adult. It's not. It's not crazy difficult. You yeah. can go out and do stuff. But as an adult, at least so far in my experience, it is way more like you have to schedule everything. People get families. People have jobs. People have personal lives. People have stuff they need to do to their apartment, house, or whatever. They've got stuff. And you're like, hey, uh, are you free this Friday? Does that work for you? You've got to set up like dates with all your friends. Whereas in college, we just constantly had 25-plus people in the apartment. Yep. And they great. were just there. Even if we weren't actually hanging out with each other, we were just. It was like a village. We were always there around each mm. other. I'm doing something separate. I think of something stupid. I yell it across the room. It, it's it's a good life, and it's hard to make that as an adult. Yeah. And you become an, You got like 16 married couples and a bunch of kids, and you're all just hanging out playing video games and yelling at each other. Probably not as likely as it that is great. in uh, college. Yeah. See, it sounds great, but it's going to be really hard to get everybody <laughs> to agree on that.
1: I, I miss that. I seriously, I miss having people in my apartment that are just there doing their thing. Yeah. Like even and if you I'm having a But you still have game. to
0: schedule it now, you know, like you're not just hey, going to you, leave your do door unlocked all the time. Do you guys want to come over on time. Saturday?
1: I know you, you have to ask people to come over and say, Hey, just come over and do nothing. Like, I don't know how people are going to react. I got,
0: I got stuff to do, but it's, back then it was know, like, okay. Do.
1: <laughs> and I don't know. We'll see, but it's definitely easier in college.
0: Um, yeah. bottom
1: line, make time for fun things.
0: Yeah, there are only so many next weeks.
1: And make time for fun things when you graduate. Because you know, college isn't the only time to have fun. But uh my list is college based. So Yep. Yeah. All right. That is our list. I guess there were technically fifteen elements on it, but fourteen that we really discussed. So show notes for this episode are gonna be over at cigpodcast.com slash one ninety-eight or down in the description below if you're watching this on YouTube. And within those show notes, you'll be able to find links to the few other uh, podcast episodes we we mentioned, which were the study abroad episode and then the two about medical school. So check those out if you're curious. We'll also have links to any other potential resources that need linking. So check out the show notes. Within the show notes, there's also a link to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, which is a great way to support the show help bump it up the rankings over on that platform and build the audience, get more people listening to the show. So big thanks to you guys if you do that. And as always, thank you just for listening. Uh, I think that's about it. So until next week's episode, stay cute.